Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You are listening to AM 1320 WARL, Attleboro, Providence. It's Revolution Recap, a weekly review of the New England Revolution and Major League Soccer on WARL 1320 The Drive with your host, Sean Donahue. Welcome to Revolution Recap. We're here every Sunday from 7 to 8 p.m. on AM 1320 as well as over the internet at 1320thedrive.com. We're using the latest action of the New England Revolution and Major League Soccer. Joining me today in studio is Walter Silva of WJFD-FM 97.3. Walter, thanks for joining me today. Uh, you're welcome, uh, Sean. Anytime, uh, it's a pleasure to be here. And last night, two great results for um, Revolution fans. You saw uh, the U.S. national team get the 2-0 victory over Mexico, which means they are headed to the World Cup next year, um, led by the game-winning goal by the Revs' own Steve Ralston. And then later in the night, you saw the Revs beat uh, Real Salt Lake by a one nothing score. We'll start off discussing that game. Um, and in that game... The Revs obviously missing the players to the national team, Steve Ralston, Taylor Twelman, as well as Avery John to um, Trinidad and Tobago. And it was good to get a win on the road against Real Salt Lake team that wasn't missing anyone to call-ups. Exactly, Sean. Uh, it is always hard to play uh, on the men, uh, not on the men, but without the, the, the all-star uh, team players. Uh, and uh, Europe is completely different. The, the championships of each country stops for the week that uh, the national team plays. So it's different over here, and I think I think it's a good idea because it gives uh, it gives other players a chance to play and to show what they can do. Uh, if that wouldn't happen, they would never be able to show the coach what they can do. If MLS would stop the the championship uh, games every week and play when they play for the national team, so the other players will never have a chance to play. So this way, uh, the Revolution and the other teams are seeing kids that. They probably didn't believe they could do what they're doing today, like the Rev- the Revolution, Lennon Marshall, uh, uh, and other players that uh, never had a chance to play regularly like they did this year because of players being an a, a MLS, uh, an a, on the national team. But the, the game last night was uh, a game that uh, was a hard-fought game, and uh, the second half the Revs played a little bit better than they did in the first half. Uh, I think they really... Uh, did a good job in the second half and they really played to win and uh, they got an excellent goal from uh, Smith uh, in a contra-attack and he's he's very he's a player that's very good in a contra-attack you are listening to 1320 WARL Attleboro Providence yeah, yeah as you were saying Kyle Smith um, as a player who didn't show well in his first uh, several his first several games but recently we saw the last game against uh, Real Salt Lake came on and got an excellent goal late in the game, and this time got the game-winning goal, made about a 70-yard run down the field before scoring, and um, he's becoming a great player to have as a backup forward. It, it may not have seemed that way a few weeks ago, but he's starting to really show that Steve Nichol did see something in him that we didn't. Uh, pro- yeah, that's, that's exactly right, uh, Sean. Uh, Smith, uh, in the first ga- few games that he played, he did not impress me, but uh, when he comes out of the bench, I think uh, he catches uh, everybody by surprise with his speed. He, he's uh, he's got very good speed, and I think that uh, he came in on, a, on the right time uh, because the New England Revolution needed a little bit of more of offense, and Smith uh, does does that very well. Uh, and uh, that's the second time he scored a goal like that. 
And it's good to see guys that uh, not playing much contributing for uh, the Revolution to win uh, and to bring the MLS Cup this year to, to Massachusetts. That's what we need. Uh, the Patriots got two in a row, so it's time for the Revolution to get uh, the MLS Cup back here. And we see with uh, Andy Dorman, who with the acquisition of Daniel Hernandez seems to probably be a guy who's going to get less time. But now these, this opportunity is presented to himself to play on the right wing, actually, and the games where Ralston's been out. It seemed like last night he was playing on the right wing a little bit, and the week before he had a little bit of time on the right wing. And it's great to add versatility to these players, a guy like Andy Dorman, who may not see as much time with um, the, the added central midfielders that get him another position that he can play. That's, that's right, John. Uh, I think uh, Dorman adjusts to play anywhere the coach has come to, to, to play. He's there to do a job, and that's uh, exactly what he does. Uh, Dorman has been a player that, uh, too, impressed me in the past, uh, in the pa- this past season, and uh, he's doing a very good job whatever uh, the coach puts him playing. Uh, don't matter if it's in the middle, the, the left or the right. He does this job, and he does it very well. Uh, and yesterday was no exception. Uh, he was very good when he had the ball, and uh, he, he's a very hard worker when the Revolution doesn't have the ball. So he does it both ways. Uh, Hernandez played a very good, solid game yesterday. Uh, I liked him better yesterday than the first, the first uh, game that he played. Uh, now, he, it takes a little bit of time to get adjusted to his uh, new teammates, because when he played in New England, the midfielders were not was not Clint Dempsey and uh, and Charlie Joseph, so uh, it, it it takes a little bit of time to get adjusted to these players. And he's getting along, and he's a very good defense defense midfielder. Uh, as for for um, Jose Cancela uh, too, uh, he's been coming out in a certain time uh, almost every game. It's like a ritual uh, at the 70 minute mark. Jose Cancela comes out, uh, but the coach has those reasons and. That the team uh, benefits the team, no matter who, st- who goes on the bench, as long as the team is doing good. And I think that this year has been the best season, uh, the past 10 seasons with the MLS with the Revolution. I think this has been the best season so far uh, because le- the, this time last season, Revolution was on the bottom of the table and struggling to try to get the middle of the playoffs. Definitely. We, we see the Revs already have surpassed their best win total ever with 14 wins this season. Um, and that that win total is something with seven games left of the season that they're I would be shocked if they didn't even prove on front further. And then we see with the points total, they got 48 points, which is their best ever in their 10 season history. So even if they were to lose the rest of their games and they have seven games left, they would already have improved upon their best season. Exactly, but uh, uh, you don't want to you don't want to do that. You don't want to lose the the last games. You want to end in a winning note. So to pick up what he left off this season for next season. And you want to have the best record uh, uh, in MLS so you can play the championship at home. Uh, like the last year, New England had to go to, to, uh, to D.C. to play the championship at D.C. If New England is the best uh, team overall on uh, MLS, uh, they'll play the championship at home. So that's, that's what uh, Steve Nichols is thinking and doing, trying to be, uh, do the best they can to be at the top of the table with the best record so they can play the championship at home. Yeah. And, and I, I think they're, they're in, a, in the process of doing just that. Yeah, we saw the past two years the Reds have fallen off in the Eastern Conference Championship, um, losing away at Chicago and away at D.C. last year. Uh, I, I think they've realized what an important uh, it is to have home field advantage, especially getting into penalty kicks like they did last year, how, how big effect the crowd can have, and, and uh, the year before going into sudden death overtime against Chicago. So uh, I think they realize now how important home field advantage is, and they will try to do their best to get first place because 
Right now, they only need eight points to clinch a playoff spot. Um, every week, that gets that number gets less and less as the other teams lose. Um, they they need 13 points to clinch first in the East, um, and that's that's certainly an attainable number. Even if the rest of the teams do win the rest of their games, all they need is 13 points. Uh, obviously, to win the league, San Jose is only one point back. But in this league, winning the league does not make that much of a difference because uh, when it comes times for MLS Cup final, uh, the home field is already decided, and that's going to be in Dallas. But it's, it would be nice to win first place in the league, and that's certainly something that's in their hands right now and that they have the opportunity to do. Exactly. Uh, I think uh, New England's been working hard this season to see if it doesn't happen the same thing that happened last season. They had to play the championship away. Uh, it's uh, it's going to be a hot-fought uh, final seven games because San Jose, uh, it's right up there. And, and the East, the East is the race is uh, much stronger than it is in, in the West. Uh, because Kansas City is only six points away, DC United is seven points away. So uh, I think the only thing that's decided as of right now is who's not going to make the playoffs as Chivas USA and Salt, Real Salt Lake on the West. Uh, so uh, New England Revolution with seven games left uh, to play 21 points in dispute here. If New England gets, um, let's say, 17 points out of those 21 points, I think New England will clinch first division, first first place in the, uh, on overall in MLS. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we were talking about earlier the past years. Uh, 43 points or 45 points or better will get you into the top three. This year we see how some of the bottom teams are doing so bad, which makes the top teams doing even better. So we have several teams at the top already pretty much guaranteed to get uh, over 45 points. So it's going to be some uh, solid teams this year as well as some really bad teams this year as we've seen out of Chivas and Real Salt Lake. And a game coming up October 1st against the Western Conference leader San Jose at home. That could be a big game. And that uh, everyone was talking about the Dallas versus New England being an MLS Cup predictor. But uh, the way it looks now, that could certainly be an MLS Cup predictor and a preview match against San Jose. San Jose's been playing uh, the best soccer they have in all year right now, and they're off to a great run. And that should be a great game. San Jose tied for the Reds with the best road record. Uh, and October 1st is the day to mark as uh, what should be a very exciting game at Gillette Stadium. Uh, I, I think so. I think so. it's going to be a very fought uh, last uh, seven games of the season. And the match between uh, New England Revolution and San Jose, I think this is going to probably decide who, who takes first place. Uh, because those three points in dispute in uh, Gillette Stadium is going to be uh, very hard and uh, New England Revolution cannot afford to, to, to a tie on this game because they they, they're going to be needed to win against San Jose so they keep going for, for uh, the best in MLS and I think New England Revolution has got every, what it takes uh, to do that because uh, having the, the national team uh, US national team already uh, with a clinch uh, place with a spot and in the final in uh, Germany in 2006. Uh, I think that uh, Bruce Arena is going to probably uh, rest some of these players and give some other guys a chance to, to play the national team. Uh, so that will give New England uh, a better chance to have all their starters playing. Uh, so it's probably it's going to be a run between uh, New England and San Jose and, and uh, for the first spot. And Kansas City. Kansas City has got a word to say about this. And in the East, uh, I think Chicago still has a hard time uh, to, to make the playoffs because Metro Stars is five points behind. The Columbus Crew is coming on strong and with nine points behind with seven games left to play, which Columbus got eight games left to play. So uh, Metro Stars and the Chicago Fire has to be careful because uh, Columbus is right up there on their, t uh, on their back. Yeah, Columbus has been streaking lately. Ever since um, 
they fired their coach, they've been doing a lot better. And they're a team that could play spoiler to other teams, if not make the playoffs themselves. As we've seen at Chivas USA, who, um, other than last weekend, have been playing better and getting some results against some of the top teams in the league. And that, that actually is working in favor of the revolution because a team like Chivas isn't going to affect the Revs because they're basically eliminated from the playoffs. But any wins they get against some of the top teams will only help the Revs. Exactly. I think, the, I think Chivas USA has nothing to, to, to lose the rest of the season. So they know their season is over uh, and a means of making the playoffs. So they're going to play loose. They're going to be uh, some loose players, and they're going to be wanting to show the coach how, what they can do for next season. So they're going to start proving from now on what they can do. I think they played a very solid game last, uh, last night uh, on defense. Uh, a little bit lack of offense. Uh, they cannot uh, create opportunities and not score. So they have, I think, the, what they have to look uh, on a draft for next season is someone or to go get a player on the trade to go get a player that can score some goals uh, for this team. Uh, so they have nothing to lose the rest of the season. They're going to be loose. So the teams that are going to play against Chivas USA and Real Salt Lake uh, at the end uh, uh, for the end of the, the season, they're going to have to be careful because these two teams can steal points against uh, other teams. And uh, that would probably be helping uh, New England Revolution and, and San Jose. So let's see what they can do for the rest of the season. And with the Revs finally in these upcoming games, uh, they'll have all their starters back. Uh, the U.S. does have a World Cup qualifier on Wednesday. Uh, but then against Columbus, they should have everyone back. And then we'll see, possibly see the debut of Ricardo Phillips, adding even more depth to the team. A guy like Ricardo Phillips who's proven himself internationally with Panama, caused the U.S. a lot of problems even uh, for Panama. And he's a guy with a lot of speed and something that maybe the Revs aren't the best at is speed. And he'll be a guy that can add a, a great amount of depth to the Revs, if not become a starter. Uh, I think uh, you're right, Sean. Uh, but it's going to be hard to get on that lineup because uh, when you have the international players back, the Revolution has a solid team. Uh, I think uh, the Revolution has the best two midfielders in the league between uh, the center midfielders. I'm talking between uh, Charlie Joseph and Clint Dempsey. I think they're the best duo at midfield. So New England Revolution is playing uh, uh, most of the times at 3-5-2, and they're doing very good at that. They're, they're doing a very good job. So it's hard for a player to come in at the end of the season and see uh, to, to get on that lineup. Uh, so the Revolution, is, uh, they, they lack a little bit of speed. Uh, I, say, uh, I said probably on defense, uh, but uh, they're doing very well. Uh, they score on goals. They're not allowing too many goals. And not not like the past uh, few years, that like last year. Last year, New England Revolution would score three goals, would allow four. So that that was pretty bad, and and they didn't make the playoffs until the last game of the season. So the New England Revolution seems to be um, a very good uh, uh, structure team. Uh, I think um, uh, Steve Nichols and Paul Mariner uh, took a hard look of the team and. Uh, needed some strength, some 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 places on a, on a, on the eleven lineup, and they went for it. Park Curse has been a surprise this season. So they're they're a very good, solid team. I haven't seen a better team an uh, MLS uh, like the Revolution uh, overall, because the New England, like you you saw last night, they played with about four starters, uh, and they did very well. They won the game, which they never did in the past. Uh, if they were missing one or two players, the team would break would break apart. So the Revolution has been a very strong team this season. And now you see with a guy like Phillips, 
You have guys looking over the back, the players who could step right in and have been performing well when they're gone. And that also adds competitive nature to it and forces the players to stay in shape and be at their best knowing there's someone right behind them who could take their place if they fall out of form. Exactly, exactly, because they look at the bench. Uh, if you have a strong bench, if you have a strong bench, most of the times you have a strong team on the field because the, they know if they lack a little bit of uh, uh, working, uh, they have to be looking over their shoulder because there's another player sitting on the bench ready to take his place. So they're going to play uh, hard, uh, game in, game out, to not to lose their the position on the 11 star, uh, starters. So I think uh, Steve Nichols and Paul Merriman has, uh, has a, a team that's working hard, the 11 starters, and they have a, a few players on the bench. They don't have the great bench uh, on the MLS, but they have a, a few players in, on the bench that can come in and do, and do their job. Uh, so the players, the 11 starters, always have, have to be on the lookout. Even Matt Reese with the kid playing uh, the last game. Doug Warren. Doug Warren playing against D.C. He played a very solid game. He, he kept New England uh, on the game. Uh, when uh, New England was losing one to nothing, the, the Doug Warren made a few saves that probably saved the game for New England. Uh, and, and that is good to have uh, because this way you'll have a solid team on goal and you have a solid defense and a solid midfielder and you, I think uh, I said the two best midfielders uh, in the league but I think uh, New England also has the two best uh, two forwards combination on, on MLS league Taylor Twelman and Pat Noonan I think it's the best combination on MLS yeah when healthy the two of them have worked so well together this season um, maybe last year they hadn't linked up together as well but this year uh, they grew up together, and it's showing that how well they know each other with some of the passes they've made earlier in the season. And with both of them back healthy, I can only imagine that will reform, and it, it has seemed to be the best partnership in the league this season. Uh, and as you're talking about the depth behind them, the, uh, the guy like Ricardo Phillips, like I mentioned earlier, who can play uh, striker as well, as well as on the wing. Um, and you were mentioning the bench. You see the uh, Jose Cancela, Daniel Hernandez, Shahru Joseph, Clint Dempsey, and Andy Dorman are really competing for three spots in the central midfield. Probably two of them are going to end up on the bench. And whoever are those two, those are two really quality players that could be starting on uh, many other MLS teams in this league. And it's great to have depth like that. Exactly. Uh, because uh, the, play, uh, the, end of the, season, the end of the season always is the hottest part of the season. Uh, doesn't mean that uh, uh, one, one of the reasons being... The, the season is getting to the end and the players are getting tired um, and not only uh, physically but mentally and it's always good to look back and have a, a player on the bench that can come in fresh because players that don't play that too much during the season they are, they are very well rested and it was proven yesterday uh, Dorman was, was uh, fresh um, Marshall was fresh and hasn't played that much but when he comes in he does the, he does the job and uh, New England is a very solid team uh, in the four years that I've been following the New England Revolution uh, I've seen this is the best the Revolution ever been uh, even though they don't have big names big stars on, on their team uh, they have uh, good 11 starters and they have two or three players on the bench that can come in any uh, any day and do the job, and it was proven. It was proven this year that New England had four or five players in the national team, and they kept winning. They had a, uh, a month of July, if I'm not mistaken, was the worst uh, they did this year on the four 
uh, Namanda July, they, they, they didn't do too good. The, the, the team was down a little bit. But they came back up and, and look at the way the revolution played. 48 points. They never made it this far. Uh, so they have a great, uh, great thing going. And um, I, I just hope that the, the American people to uh, start going to the, to the games. Because 18,000 against D.C. was a very good, uh, very good crowd. But I think the, the, New, the New England Revolution deserve a little, a little bit more. Uh, on, on my part, on the radio station that I, that I have, uh, we have a three-hour show every Monday night from 6 to 9. It's not tomorrow because I'll be on a holiday. We'll have a Tuesday night. I'm always trying to get the Portuguese because the radio is strictly Portuguese 24 hours a day. And I'm trying to get the Portuguese community to go to see the games because it's worth it. The Portuguese people are looking to the Portuguese championship because almost every game comes over, over the satellite. And they watch a lot of that. And I keep telling these people that the quality of MLS soccer is very compatible with Europe uh, MLS championships. And I, I think the American people, too, could do some, some more for the re revolution. Could go to the games and, and uh, back up the revolution because we can, uh, revolution can sell 23,000 tickets. And I think uh, it would be good to see this, these last five, uh, four games at home uh, to have a crowd of 20,000 plus. So it's, it's, uh, I'm, I'm trying to work with the Portuguese people to get them to go up there. I think the, uh, your show, too, uh, could promote the revolution to see the people in this area that here at 1320 uh, to go to the MLS games and see the revolution. And w last week we heard Bruce Arena was talking about um, really, really what I thought was intended for the people, that the soccer fans here that, as you're talking about, want to watch the European games but don't want to support MLS. And Bruce Arena made a call out and said uh, that that he needs that people need to come start showing up to these uh, these soccer games in MLS and support the American games so it can get better and it can get some of the top name players like those European games like the European teams have and I, I really agree with him. Uh, we actually have to take a quick break here now and then hopefully we'll be back with Mark Connolly of ESPN.com as well as MLSnet.com. Thank you. For over 120 years, the Sun Chronicle newspaper has been providing Southern Massachusetts with the best in local news. And now, the Sun Chronicle is available in stores and on racks every day by 6 a.m. But that's not all. When you open your Sun Chronicle, you'll find three new tabloid-sized pull-out sections. There's The Place, written by teenagers for teenagers. The Place will feature interviews with local high schoolers and also contain student art as well as what's hot in music and Hollywood. You can also look for the Sun Chronicle's newly designed pull-out sports section. Not only will you continue to get the Sun Chronicle's award-winning coverage of local and pro sports, but you, the reader, can sound off in the all-new sports forum. Finally, look out for the Get Out section every Thursday for a helpful way to plan your weekend. Get Out offers theater reviews as well as listings of night spots, restaurants, and movies. Get Out will also provide best bets to help you make the most of your leisure time. The Sun Chronicle newspaper, your very best source for local news. At 
now back to Revolution Recap with your host, Sean Donahue. Welcome back to Revolution Recap. Joining me today in studio is Walter Silva. Uh, and then over the phone now we have Mark Connolly of ESPN.com uh, as well as of MLSNet.com. Mark, can you hear us? I can. I'm, I'm at a UConn playing Harwick. UConn just scored a goal. That's why it's loud. It'll die down here in a second. I, I sound like a sideline correspondent here on the sideline, don't I? Yeah. It adds atmosphere. Exactly. So, anyways, the big news of the day is uh, the U.S. victory over Mexico in the World Cup qualifier. Uh, U.S. finally clinched the place in the World Cup. Uh, first time since 1934 that they've been the first team in CONCACAF to clinch a place. A place. How big is that for the U.S. To, to, have, to be, have it done and have these next few games to maybe experiment and throw a few more guys into the mix? It's huge because what now gets to happen is Bruce Arena doesn't have to call in all of his European contingent, uh, Casey Keller. Claudia Reyna, guys like that, uh, can now concentrate on their club football. And uh, there's plenty of time for them to experiment, have major league soccer players come in, get looks. Uh, guys who have got looks in the past now can get full starts in. Uh, so rather, a guy like a Clint Dempsey, uh, who you know gets some looks here and there with the national team, now instead of coming off the bench, maybe he can go 90 minutes. And Bruce can really get a look at guys like that. So I think it's a win-win all around. And... Um, you know, it's it's just it's nice for the team to have that uh, off their chest because uh, you know we saw last time around qualifying a couple losses and all of a sudden it was down to crunch time and it was the same thing going into the '98 World Cup. So this is a, a new situation for the U.S., but a good one. And I was looking at your ratings there on the internet. You had uh, Steve Ross, and I believe you put him at a five. And I would have to agree with you; it wasn't his best performance, uh, but he did get the goal. Uh, do you think he, he's a guy that will make the roster come World Cup time? Obviously, there's a few more games left uh, for him to prove himself, but do you think he's a guy that's going to make the roster? Yeah, I mean, barring an injury, I don't think there's anything that's going to keep him off the roster. I think the better question is, is he going to still be a starter, you know, come June of of, uh, of 06? Um, I think right now he's been a little bit fortunate that there haven't been others around the league that have emerged. But I think going forward, you know, you could look at someone like, like Chris Klein who's been playing well, coming back from injury. Um, you know, even Santino Caranta is looking better every time he plays for the national team. Um, so I think he's going to test it over the next, you know, nine, ten months. Um, but to look ahead to April when they name the roster, I think at this point there's no way that Ralston doesn't make it and, and finally gets to go to a World Cup. And as far as the central back pairings, we've seen uh, the emergence of on Yehu, who looks like to be a sure bet to start unless his form changes. Uh, but on the other side, you have Burhalter starting. Um, you've seen Corey Gibbs making starts and doing well uh, before he got injured, and then Carlos Bocanegra as well. Do you think the reason Burhalter is starting is more because those guys are injured or recovering from an injury and that uh, he won't necessarily be the starter come World Cup time, or do you think that's Bruce's ideal pairing at this point in time? Well, I think that's one of the few positions that Bruce doesn't have a, a, a set uh, pairing in his mind. I think that when everyone's healthy, he kind of knows what he wants to do with the midfield, you know, and that includes having John O'Brien in there, that includes having Reyna in there, and Beasley. I think in the back, he's never at one time had Bocanegra, Gibbs, Burhalter, Enwu, you know, Conrad, all healthy and all together in a camp. Um, so I think it's it's really something that, you know, he's been going with the hot guy and, and, and the hot available guy, but I, I will say this, knowing Bruce pretty well, he has an amazing amount of confidence in Burhalter. Um, you know, and Burhalter has had some bad performances in the past. Uh, wasn't very good down in Mexico. 
um, in March, but he was very good last night. Um, a lot of people are crediting Enwu, but I think Perhalter was as good. Um, I think when it's said and done, I think Corey Gibbs though will be the one that when he gets healthy, I think he'll emerge and step up and, and be someone that might start. And at the left back position, especially, uh, we've seen a lot of changes. Uh, a guy like Eddie Lewis, being who's a, naturally a left winger, being mm-hmm. put back at left back, and then um, a guy like Bocanegra, who's another possibility, but he's naturally a center back. The U.S. doesn't really seem to have a, a set person to play left back. Uh, we've seen O'Brien can play there, but uh, Bruce has mentioned he wants to keep him in the midfield because that's where he thinks he's best. Uh, who do you think is going to step up and really take that position? Well, you know, Lewis definitely has to be in the mix. Uh, I really don't think he's the ideal type of guy. I think you need someone that is a little more defensive, personally. But I think, uh, depending on the opponents, uh, Lewis is a good option. Uh, you know, I mean, we saw in the World Cup in '02 when they played Portugal, they wanted to have, um, you know, a lot of speed out there. Uh, they wanted to have the most technical players, so we went with one lineup. And then when they played Mexico later on, it was a whole different lineup. Um, so I think that he, Lewis gives him an opportunity to. Uh, have one look, but I think that we may see Gibbs even out as a wide on the, as a left back in some of these games. Um, you know, perhaps come the World Cup. But uh, I don't know. I, the bigger question might be whether, when Sharundo is back, does he move Hayek back to the left side? So I wouldn't exclude him from having a say at left back over the next ten months. And with the team, uh, as far as the forwards we, we saw last night, really the established. Uh, guys out there, Brian McBride, Landon Donovan, the proven international goal scorers. Uh, but on the bench, you got a guy like Taylor Twelman and Jeff Cunningham came in late in the game. Um, as far as these next two qualifiers, you think those are going to be used more to see if these guys can finally score on the international level and prove themselves and possibly be taken to the World Cup? Yeah, I mean, you know, this this being a local show in New England, I mean, the perfect guy is Twelman. He's been someone that he's had plenty of call-ins. I mean, Bruce knows all about Twelman as a player. Um, and as a person from having him in, but yet he doesn't know how he's going to respond when he does get 90 minutes, 80 minutes, and, and now it's going to be a great time for Twelman. I expect him to start actually against Guatemala on Wednesday. Um, I really expect him to get called in the next three qualifiers and get a lot of time, and I think um, I think that's a position that's wide open, so whether it's Twelman or, or Cunningham, or, or don't forget when he's back from injury, uh, someone like Connor Casey or Brian Ching, I think that's going to be the hardest position to make this team at. There's still Josh Wolf out there, you know, Eddie Johnson. There's a lot of fours. But I think, um, you know, these next two months are going to be huge for Twelman. Mark, uh, Walter Silva from uh, Radio uh, WJFD. How are you? Hey, good. How are you? Good, good. We were discussing about this uh, before, before we went on here with you, that um, Bruce Rinn will have uh, time to rest some of the star players and some some of the players from the New England Revolution uh, to to rest because I think they they need to play a few more games for for Steve Nichols to see if the New England can pull out uh, the best uh, uh, record in the MLS. But I agree with you. I think St- uh, Bruce Arena is going to rest a lot of those players. And uh, but one forward that you left out too was uh, Pat Nuna. I think Pat Pat's doing a great job. He's uh, he had a, a little injury, but he's coming back. And yesterday he did very well. And I th- I think he can be mentioned in the, all those forwards you mentioned too. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't mean to leave him out on purpose. Oh, uh, I, I know it's so. I, I didn't mean that too. US, so I, I kind of think of him as a combo guy for Arena. Um, you're right. I think I think he'll he's someone that'll not only get a look, but I know Arena thinks highly of him. I mean, probably the best con. 
you know, the best vote of confidence a player can get is if Arena plays them on a way qualifying match and in no bigger places than Mexico City. And the fact that Noonan was one of the first guys off the bench and played down in Mexico City uh, when a lot of players were available, I think, speaks a lot for Noonan. And uh, when he's healthy, he'll be in with the team. I, I, I definitely agree with you on that. And you, and you brought up too that game uh, uh, for the World Cup against Portugal. As of you, as you know, I'm Portuguese, and uh, yes. my heart was divided because I, I'm, uh, I believe that uh, uh, my my country now is the United States. I came here. I was 16 years old, and I was glad to see U.S. win. Uh, I was uh, disappointed with Portugal, but uh, I was very glad the U.S. win because to prove some of the, my friends and some of the, the Portuguese community around my area that uh, MLS soccer and the national team of U.S. is a team to, to, to everybody to count on, mm -hmm. and, and it was proven against Portugal. And I hope I hope that uh, the next uh, the next World Cup, like you know, Portugal is almost qualified too for the for, for the World yeah. Cup. They beat uh, they beat Luxembourg. 6-0 uh, uh, on Saturday so they play on Russia on Wednesday and I think that's going to decide who's going to take first place on the group uh, but when it comes uh, when it comes uh, the World Cup final I hope the US and Portugal doesn't stay in the same group yeah I, I agree I, I think that you know the US uh, that's one of the highlights uh, US soccer's history is, is the win over Portugal but yeah I, I doubt Bruce Arena would ever want to face them again in the next World Cup because You know they're, they're going to have 11 talented players out there. They're going to be more technically superior to the U.S. You know, and they're going to have some star players that have been in, you know, in huge games week in and week out, both in, in England and in La Liga. Um, but you mentioned a great point about the draw. I think now that becomes so important um, because as we saw with France not not advancing, Argentina not advancing in 02, you know, it's, it's the best 32 nations in the world, and if you get a bad draw. And get one loss right off the bat, then uh, you know all, all everything you've done for four years is is gone. So I think that's going to happen what the first week of December, and all of a sudden that becomes the next crucial date. Yeah, exactly, because uh, uh, as uh, the national team, uh, the coach for the national team of Portugal, Scorari, uh, he said uh, uh, some of the the reporters asked him before the game if he was going to start as eleven uh, starters. Uh, against Luxembourg, you know, it's one yeah. of the worst, one of the worst uh, national teams uh, uh, that's playing on, uh, for the qualifying run. And, and he said, "Well, uh, first we play in Luxembourg, and we want the three points." And he put the 11 players that played in the final against Greece, and it was exactly the same 11 players that played in the final against Greece, and they did very, very well, and they beat the Luxembourg six to nothing, and now they're ready to go against Russia next week. And I think uh, Portugal uh, is going to have a place with U.S. in the World Cup. U.S. is already there. And uh, we're going to see, uh, again, Portugal. And the two countries that I love the most is U.S. Mm -hmm. and Portugal. And we're going to see them back in the World Cup in 06. Well, I think one of the big uh, themes, and now that the World Cup is less than a year away, is everybody's talking about the reemergence of all the European teams. Um, you know, Europe as a whole hasn't done very well the last couple of World Cups, but... With the World Cup being in Germany, uh, I know Arena and his staff, and I know a lot of the other CONCACAF teams that make it, you know, don't want to be drawn in with the top European team because they feel like playing on European soil, they're going to be, all those teams are going to be so dangerous. You know, you'd rather take your chances with, you know, a top South American team, you know, obviously a team from Asia or Africa. Um, you know, any of those European teams are going to be very tough to beat in Germany. And, and someone like Portugal that has a little bit of. A revenge factor after not doing as well as they had hoped, 
you know, too. Um, you know, that's going to be a, a team that nobody wants to play, whether you're, you know, the U.S., whether you're England, whether you're France, whether you're anybody, you're not going to want to see Portugal. Exactly. I think uh, because Portugal is hun uh, uh, hungry for uh, to win something. Uh, yep, they, they, are, yep. they have a generation of players like Luis Figo that's probably that's the, his last World Cup. Uh, and I think that's going to be the year or it's never going to be the year because Portugal is doing very well. They have the same, uh, exactly the same uh, team that played for the European Cup. And uh, I think Portugal is one team to contend with. But I, I, I'm not leaving U.S. Uh, out because uh, Bruce Arena has, the, has a, lot of, a lot of players to choose from. Uh, a lot of players with an international uh, experience, the players that play in, uh, in the English League, in the Premier League, and U.S. Uh, is a potential uh, uh, to be in the World Cup. So everybody's going to be watching out for U.S. too. Yeah, I, I think that in the past, uh, when the U.S. has gone into a World Cup, you know, they've had some good players and they've had some experience. But, oh, you kind of just hit the crossbar. <laughs> I'm right behind the UConn goal. Um, but never will in the past that they had um, the experience that they have now. I mean, they have, you know, seven or eight guys out there that have played in the Premiership. They have guys that have played now. I mean, when you look at Beasley in the Champions League semifinal, um, you've got guys that have played in multiple World Cups. You even have young players that have played World Cups when you look at Beasley and Donovan and, you know, someone like, say, John O'Brien even. Um, you know, and you're going to have Casey Keller, who's, you know, been in, uh, this will be, what, his fourth World Cup. You have Captain Claudio Arena. Uh, he's been in every World Cup since 94. So experience um, and being in that world stage is no longer a factor, I think, with the American team. Um, in the past, it was. So I think that's that's just a, another reason why, should they get the, a, a good draw and if they're peaking at the right time, there's no reason they can't advance out of the group and, and see what happens, you know, and, uh, and knock out play. And you mentioned Casey Keller and the experience he has, but uh, last World Cup we saw Brad Friedel and Casey Keller really leading the two guys who are really competing for the starting spot, two players who have done well for the U.S. Uh, mm -hmm. This this year, uh, you got Casey Keller, but the guys after him don't have that much experience. you got Marcus Hanneman, who's been the backup uh, recently for the World Cup qualifiers, and then Tim Howard, obviously, uh, hasn't played much for the U.S. at all recently, and then Matt Reese has been getting the call-ups into camp, but hasn't seen any action. Uh, is that a position that the, the U.S. needs to get some guys experienced in before it comes time for the World Cup, in case something were to happen to Casey Keller? Well, yeah, if something did happen to Keller... Uh, yeah, their chances go down dramatically. Um, you know, you look at last night in playing against Mexico, I think the second goal, the one that Beasley scored, I think that had Keller been in goal for the Mexican team, I think he makes that save. I thought as Waldo Sanchez had kind of a weak effort on the goal by Beasley. Uh, you know, he doesn't come up big on his play, but yet on the free kick by Mexico, Keller does come up big, and that's the difference in the game. Um, we saw Keller against Costa Rica and against Panama in June make countless big saves and we've seen him do it now in Germany um, so I think you take him out of the mix they're not nearly as dangerous to get through um, I think that when it's said and done the number two guy will be Tim Howard uh, so I think it's the number three role that will be up for grabs and I put Hahnemann in there, I put Matt Reese but I'd also put Kevin Hartman I put Joe Cannon in there, I think it's going to be a dogfight and you mentioned you're at the UConn game there. How's that going? And uh, any players there you can see the future for in MLS? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, UConn, uh, I watched them on Friday night. They beat St. Peter's 2 to nothing. Um, you know, they're up 1 nothing now. Uh, they have a left back by the name of Willis Forco that will probably be the highest rated left back 
of the senior class. Uh, he'll be drafted very high. Uh, they have a center back named Julius James out of Trinidad who was excellent as a freshman, as a sophomore. This is going to be a big year for him. He's someone I don't expect to be here for four years. Uh, he's going to be um, a big-time player, whether it be an MLS or, or, or in a league somewhere around the world. He'll probably play for you know the Soka Warriors down the line as well on the national team. Uh, so, yeah, I think those two right there are a couple of prospects that we'll hear about for several years. And uh, you obviously watch a lot of MLS games running for MLSnet.com. Yep. Who has been the team that's impressed you the most this season, and uh, who do you think is the team that's going to be there come the end of the season at MLS Cup? Well, you know, obviously it was the Revs. I mean, they there was that one stretch of the year when they were losing players to the national team and the injuries, and they kept getting results. And I think the mark of a good team is the team can get results when they don't have all their best players there and when they don't even play well sometimes. Um, you know, they've scored a bunch of goals from the 75th minute on. Uh, you know, Twelman himself has got three or four, I believe. Uh, that's what I like about them. I like the team chemistry that Steve Nichols created in that locker room. Um, and then after that, I, I hate to go with the front runners, but San Jose right now is, is playing great soccer. Uh, Don Kinnear, uh, it does a great job. I mean, he loses Landon Donovan, and yet he gets Brad Davis to play. Um, as well as he's ever played. You know, he gets guys like Kelly Gray, who was a cast-off from the Chicago Fire, to come in and, and play very well. Uh, you know, he's gotten the most out of Danny Califf coming from the Galaxy. I mean, he's got a team of misfits, but yet, you know, he's got them together. And, and knowing Dom, you know, that's a great uh, just atmosphere. All the players around the league want to play for him. Uh, it was the same when Frankie Yallop was there. So I think when it's said and done, it'll be those two in MLS Cup right now. And looking at the bottom of the table, obviously, Real Salt Lake, Chivas USA, um, over uh, uh, 12 points out, both of them. Um, it's painful, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. The expansion <laughs> teams haven't panned out uh, as far as getting the results. Uh, but are, are any of these teams like Columbus and the Metro Stars who are on the outside looking in right now, do you think any of them could be surprises coming the end of the season and make their way into the playoffs and cause some damage? Yeah, I, I think because D.C. United has a very hard schedule coming up um, that I could see them dropping and I could see the Metro Stars jumping up because you know they really haven't played that badly. Um, you know, since Alexi got there, and I don't say that because of anything really he's done, but just, you know, from that marker in time, they've, they've had a, a decent record. They've had some results, uh, sometimes when they should have had wins. They've had some losses when they should have been ties. They've been a little unlucky with some injuries, but I think when everybody's there and Razov's playing well and Jorkaev is healthy, um, you know, I think they're dangerous. Now that they have Tony Miola, I think things change. Um, so I think if any team was going to make a run, it would be behind a hot Ante Razov, and uh, you know they got to find a way to get Eddie Gavin back uh, up and running. He hasn't really had a good season, but um, I think if they can sneak into the playoffs with someone like Miola back there, with all the experience on the field with Joe Kaiaf and you know guys like uh, Guevara, guys that have been around, I think they'd be a team uh, you probably don't want to play in the playoffs. And where can people find the writing you do? Um, on ESPN.com, on MLSnet.com. Uh, I have some features in the current 90 Minutes magazine. One for New England fans on uh, Taylor Twalman um, that uh, that I did from from spending an afternoon with him back in July. Um, you know, and uh, you know, here and there I pop up. <laughs> well, thanks a lot for joining us today. Well, thanks for having me, guys. I hope you're enjoying the game. Have a good night. Good night. See ya. See ya. And that was uh, Mark Connolly of ESPN.com and MLSNet. Uh, great writer for the league and for uh, ESPN about the league. Uh, the the U.S. game we were talking about, uh, U.S. 
obviously won the game 2 nothing. Steve Rothman getting the game-winning goal and DeMarcus Beasley scoring as well. Uh, it was a solid performance from the U.S. against Mexico, and I think it's a performance that's going to give them great confidence coming into the rest of the qualifiers uh, in the World Cup. Exactly. When you when you teams winning, you don't want to lose again. It's a habit you get into in winning, and uh, you don't want to lose a, even if you are in practice. So uh, it was a great win. Uh, the rivalry is right there. It's going to be there for a long time to come between the U.S. and Mexico. And uh, U.S. took over this time two to nothing. And uh, like Stevie Ralston says, I think he got the easiest goal in his career uh, against uh, against Mexico. And uh, I don't think the defense of Mexico did everything they could to stop that goal, that easy goal that Stevie Ross uh, got. But uh, like uh, going back before that, uh, the Mark said about Stevie Ralston to see if he's going to keep the form enough to t- to see if he's going to be uh, on the squad for the World Cup in, in Germany. I think Stevie Ralston uh, got what it takes to be a starting on this national team because I think uh, he's the best right winger on, on MLS. Uh, he's the best crosser. Uh, that uh, that I've seen so far in this league in the four years that I've been following MLS, uh, I haven't seen anybody better than, than Stevie Ralston. Uh, and the proof comes when when uh, Pat Noon was the best goal scorer, the champion for MLS scoring champion, and, and uh, Taylor Twellman, the guy that assisted the most was Stevie Ralston. So uh, Stevie Ross, I think, has got what he takes to be on on the squad that goes to the World Cup, and 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 uh, unless an injury comes comes in, uh, but uh, uh, the way Stevie Russell takes a uh, look at soccer, he, he, he's a very serious player, he's a, very, a player that, uh, that is very disciplined uh, and uh, so uh, and uh, really he's a nice person and I really like to see Stevie Russell go to the World Cup in 2006 in Germany. And we're going to take a quick break here and then we'll be back with some more Revolution Recap. They came from every corner of the country, from small towns and big cities. But they all shared one thing in common. They belonged to a family called Marines. A tough and determined few dedicated to protecting everything we hold sacred. And still, they come. Celebrate the history of those proud few who have earned the title Marine. In the market for a late model, one odor automobile? Then why not stop by Matthew Auto Sales? On Route 6 in Somerset, they're the area's first choice in late model one owner automobiles. Family owned business for over 40 years? Matthew Auto Sales also has auto glass repair, auto body, and towing services. Come by and see Richie about the good buy of the world. That's Matthew Auto Sales on Route 6 in Somerset. Or check them out at www.matthewauto.com or give them a call at 508 678 9033. That's 508 678 9033. And make sure to bring Oscar a doggy bone. Now it's the Wild Card Blowout. The baddest car sale ever. You, you, and you, baby. Are you tired of all that? You know, if you and your family need a car, use caution because some dealers just miss the mark a little. At Saturn Seacock on Route 44, we take the hassle out of your car buying experience. 
At Saturn of Seacon, it's extremely easy. We give you our best price the very first time. No haggling, no hassling. It's honest up front. It's the Saturn of Seacon way. And now we're open Sundays, too, to fit your schedule and make it even easier. Plus, extra help if your credit isn't perfect. Call Saturn of Seacon at 1-888-350-1534. Plus, come to Massachusetts and we finance your sales tax. Call 1-888-350-1534. Saturn of Seacon, Route 44, number one. So bye, bye, bye. Now you got to admit, you must be tired. So call 1-888-350-1534 for Saturn of Seacon, a Herb Chambers quality dealership. Now, back to Revolution Recap with your host, Sean Donahue. Welcome back to Revolution Recap. Joining me still in studio is Walter Silva of WJFD-FM, a Portuguese radio station. And uh, I would like to talk, take about the rest of the show pretty much to talk about the upcoming game against Columbus, uh, which really should be a, a, a game. Columbus is obviously last in the East, but they've been playing well recently, a convincing one against Chivas on the road. And that, that should be a tough game for the Revs, even with their starters back. It is, because, uh, like, uh, Columbus has to play for pride now. Um, even though they can still make the playoffs, uh, it's going to be a very hard climb to do. But, uh, so that, that's the teams that the, uh, the teams on top of the table has got to watch out for. Because they have nothing to lose and everything to prove. So, when Columbus comes to town, the New England Revolution has to be in their top shape and their top form and uh, they top, uh, have to perform as very well to beat this Columbus crew that, uh, with a new coach and they know that if they want to get a job for next, se- next season with Columbus uh, they got to show this coach they can play in MLS so they're going to come in with everything they have uh, to, to try to take points away from the revolution and everybody does that when, when a team is at the top every team that goes play against the team at the top they look and to steal points from this team it happens here, it happens all over the world and New England, New England Revolution is no exception. They are the best right now in the league, and Columbus Crew is going to come in and uh, is going to try to steal some points for, from Revolution. The one thing Revolution has to do is to be uh, uh, to be in top shape, uh, to be um, to run faster, to get to the ball first than the Columbus, to jump higher than the players from Columbus, to get to the ball first than the players from the Columbus, to move the ball forward faster than Columbus, and to hold the ball, to have ball possession. If you have, if you have the ball, the other team can't score. So uh, as long as you hold that ball, the Columbus crew cannot create opportunities and score against you. So the Revolution has to be on, on, on a lookout because they're looking to come to Gillette Stadium and steal some points from the New England Revolution. And Columbus does have some speedy players that uh, can prove to be dangerous. I had a little bit of trouble last game against Columbus with uh, Cornell Glenn, a really fast guy. He, he was really responsible for all three of the goals uh, they scored against Chivas. Uh, and as well as a guy like Carlo Martino, who's quite a creative player that they have. Uh, those are two players left to watch out for and two players that are tough to defend. Uh, exactly. Uh, like I said before, Columbus crew has nothing to lose and everything to prove. And, and they're going to come in and they're going to give... Uh, the revolution a uh, hard game and uh, again it's not only for pride but for a job the, these players now they're competing to prove to this coach that they, they want to play in MLS next season they want to play for Columbus crew uh, to me it was a disappointment having Columbus one of the best teams last year uh, on the league uh, just losing the revolution uh, at home 
uh, on a great game from, from Matt Rees and I was there and I saw the game and uh, uh, I think that took a lot, a lot from that team losing at home against, uh, against the New England Revolution losing a, pl- uh, a spot on a, sem- on a semi-final game uh, against DC and uh, so they, they could have been a lot better than they were something went wrong uh, because they had the, the, the talent they had the players uh, it's not uh, from one season to the other that you l- don't don't know how to play soccer. Last season they were one of the best teams in MLS. This season they were one of the worst teams in MLS. So and they almost have the same squad. Uh, they lost a few players, but not enough to uh, to be this bad. And now they have they have to prove them to themselves and to the coach. They want to be back next year and play for the Columbus Crew. And I think there are a team that still, uh, with eight games left to play, does have a chance of making the playoffs. Uh, Chicago's been struggling a lot recently um, with 39 points. They're only nine points back from Chicago in the last playoff spot. Um, obviously, it would be tough for them to do, but if they keep winning and keep getting the results like they have been recently, uh, it's not too far of a stretch to say that they could make the playoffs. Yeah, see, uh, the thing with, with Columbus Crew is uh, the, they have a good chance of making the playoffs, uh, but the thing is they don't depend on themselves. If they depended themselves to play against uh, Metro Stars and against DC United, they, they they would have a better chance. But they don't because the, they only have a few more, uh, probably one more game with Metro Stars, another game with with Chicago, uh, and that could help them. But uh, they depend on, uh, on other teams to, to to make the playoffs. So when it's like that, it's hard. But uh, they're still alive. Uh, they're not like Shiva's USA and Real Salt Lake. They're out of completely. They don't have a chance to make it. Uh, and like on, on the West too, um, Colorado still has a chance to make it uh, against uh, against LA. So uh, it's going to be a, a, a hard fought uh, last last uh, few games of the season. Yeah, definitely. Uh, as you were saying, Columbus can't can't just depend on their own results. They have to depend on the results of others. But a team like Chicago that started off strong has really been struggling lately. And, and it is foresee- it is possible, I, c- I could see it happening, that Columbus, uh, Chicago would lose enough games that Columbus could overtake them. And the Metro Stars, who had been doing well recently, uh, uh, have also fallen out of form. So I could see Columbus overtaking them again, because Columbus ha- has really been off to a, a good run here recently. Exactly, uh, Sean. Uh, I remember last season Chicago had a uh, place on the playoffs, and all of a sudden they, they lost. They all out, out of it. They lost against. Uh, they lost the last game of the season against the New England Revolution. The 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 game that was would give access to the playoffs to New England Revolution, uh, and Chicago had a bad uh, end of the season last season. And I think it happens the same thing this year. But I, I can't see Columbus Crew uh, making the playoffs, Sean. I, I really can't because uh, it, depending on, on too many teams, uh, it's hard. But I think New England knows as well as anyone about. Uh, how things can change in the last few weeks of the season with the late runs they've gone on. And I'm sure they'll be wary of that when Columbus comes to town and that they'll be ready to play and, and know what Columbus is up against and what they're trying to do. Well, they, they, like they say, I, they have to be very careful on defense and midfield. They cannot give breakaways uh, like they did last night against, uh, against uh, uh, Real Salt Lake. Uh, was a breakaway there last night that uh, was a corner kick in favor of New England and then all of a sudden a counterattack that Real Salt Lake could have tied the game up. Uh, so New England is going to be very careful on midfield and uh, uh, very careful on defense to see if they don't let uh, breakaways happen like they did last night against Real Salt Lake. And you should note this game uh, this weekend right here at Gillette Stadium, 7.30 uh, Saturday, um, September 10th. It will be a great game to go out to and show your support for the Revs and to allow their full team back and it will be a great game to go and see. 
Exactly. Let's uh, let's see if the American people from this area here go up and see the New England Revolution and Taylor Twall and Pat Newman, Clint Dempsey, Charlie Joseph, great players, uh, players that be uh, they are all-star players. So they need more support from the American people uh, because uh, to have a team, uh, an MLS team around this area, we have to support them. And let's see if we have a big crowd again this coming week because the New England Revolution needs the help. Yeah, and they've been playing so well and. It, 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 the past years, we've had the excuse the team ha- hasn't been playing well. The regular season results haven't been there. But th- this season, they've been playing so well and getting the results. It, it's really a great team to watch, and it's an excellent time to go see the Revs. Exactly. Uh, uh, they play in very good ball. I think they play in the best ball of their lives uh, this this season. And uh, the New England Revolution deserves the support uh, of the American people of this area and everybody that looks like soccer. Uh, it's a great stadium. It's a great place to watch a soccer team. It's a great, uh, great place to see a soccer game. So let's go up and see the Revolution uh, Saturday against Columbus Crew and Wednesday night against uh, against um, uh, Panama. The uh, United States uh, plays at, uh, at Foxborough, but they, it seems and they play in USA, and seems they play away from home because we have more uh, Panamanians watching the game than you do American people. So let's go up Wednesday night too and support the national team, uh, uh, our national team, so they will be playing at home. Yeah, but that game is actually, I believe, October 10th. October 10th. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. And we got to wrap things up here. Uh, you can get the ar- latest archives of the show at revolutionrecap.com. Uh, you can get your latest Revs news at anyrevs.com. I'd like to thank Walter for joining me today, and I'd like to thank Mark Connolly for coming on earlier today. And uh, join us again next week. We're here every weekend from 7 to 8 p.m. Good night, and uh, thank you for having me here.